Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We're headed over to New Jersey today for a visit with Spook Handy. Unlike some performers who knew they'd be following the Pied Piper path of music, Spook was programmed for more practical and serious things. He could sleepwalk through his Rutgers math classes with A's, so it all seemed rightly ordered, till Spook saw two images of himself in the mirror, two diverging paths, and he's never regretted taking the music path. Part of that journey was with a group called Sofa Kingdom, but the influence of folks like Peter, Paul, and Mary grew seeds that eventually led Spook to share the stage with Pete Seeger more than 50 times. He has an easy, upbeat, and communicable energy about him, with a skill at songwriting sure to bring you into his orbit. Alone, or with his group, called the Seed Planters, You'll come away with sprouting hope and commitment to a better world as Spook Handy joins us today via Zoom from New Jersey. Spook, thank you so very much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Mark, it's a pleasure to be on your program. I'm assuming at this time of year, because of the coronavirus, you are at home now, that you're not getting out into the world. Is that true? Well, I am at home. That is true. And uh, I'm actually on the second day of a self-imposed quarantine and feeling kind of funky. And, uh, you know, yesterday had a spell where I was pretty concerned that I might not be, that I might have been exposed to the virus. As far as getting out into the world, that's the interesting thing because we're discovering new ways to get into the world that don't involve leaving your house physically. All the technologies that we have with Facebook and Zoom and things like that, I'm at the very beginning edges of learning how to keep up the social contact and keep the community alive and thriving and being whatever small part of that positive effort I can be. Did this mean that you had to cancel a number of concerts, that kind of outing? Oh, my goodness. I mean, yes. You know, one thing that people who are on a salary usually get about approximately one-twelfth of their annual income every month. People who are in the gig economy, and that is all kinds of people, but you know, especially musicians, full-time musicians, we sometimes have a, a two-month period where you earn half your annual income. And that was what I was up against between March 15 and May 15th, and that is all gone, 100% all gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so you know, it's, it's, a, it's a new world, and we need to be brave as we go explore it and see what we can discover and build with it. Do you usually do music individually only, or do you do it with other folks? Well, you know, I tour a lot. I travel all over the United States, and I've been to parts of Canada. When I travel, I, I travel solo. So it's, it's me, my instruments, my guitar, my banjo, my 12-string, my harmonicas, my voice, the voice of the audience that's singing, and the voices of the people that I sit down and have meals with, people whose houses I stay at, incredible stories that I learn from people and incredible perspectives. Now, when I'm back in New Jersey, I have a, a neat, a really neat band, and I'm saying really neat. It's called the Seed Planters, S-E-E-D, Planters, because we plant seeds. 
And I learned from uh, watching the Jerry Seinfeld show that you surround yourself with the best talent you possibly can. And that's what I've done with my band. So I have in my group, the Seed Planters, we have Paul Prestopino, who toured 15 years as a backup musician with Peter, Paul, and Mary. Did five years with John Denver, you know, that kind of stuff. Gary Oliar, who's a side musician for Loggins and Messina, toured with Vassar Clemens and Bob Harris, who toured with Vassar Clemens and so on and so forth. So we, we have a really fun band with uh, a lot of acoustic instruments, banjo, violin, upright bass, that kind of stuff. And what kind of music do you do with the seed planters? Well, that's, I'm glad you limited it to the seed planters because with the seed planters, I would say it would be fair to say that the folk music in the style of Pete Seeger and Woody Guthrie, except contemporary. So, you know, we will do two-thirds cover songs, which I learned from my experience playing directly with Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger did two-thirds cover songs. Woody Guthrie did two-thirds cover songs. Now, Woody Guthrie's a guy who wrote 3,000 songs on his own, and yet you do the cover songs because people are familiar with them. Pete did that, and that's what I do too. And most of my covers are going to be songs that Pete or Woody sang or songs that would fit perfectly into the genre, and about one-third originals. All in that same kind of musical style also, that folky kind of revival kind of style. Solo, as a little kid, we had two albums in my house. One was Peter, Paul, and Mary in concert, and the other one was Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. You draw a line between those two, or an arc between those two bands, and that's where my music covers that territory. So folk music, folk rock, rock and roll, you know, that kind of stuff. A touch of jazz, a touch of country, you know, but mostly that kind of stuff. So it's a wide variety. I don't go into hip hop only because I just don't have it in my blood. Didn't grow up with it. But when I play with the band, it's mostly that Pete Seeger, Woody Guthrie style. So if you were going to get up on stage and do a Beatles cover, what would it be? Ah, that's what I'm thinking about right now because with the coronavirus, you know, we want to keep the community together, you know, and give people some some kind of, you know, music's a very healing thing and we can give relief from all the tension and, and fear and anxiety that's going on today. I just started a series backstage with Spook Handy. I've done two live shows so far. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be me to do themes? And what if one of my themes was Beatles songs? So I'm thinking of what I would do. And right off the bat, I would do um, Yesterday is a beautiful song because I sing that at the assisted living facilities. And, and I Love Her, songs like that. But, you know, maybe I just seen a face... You know, I, I would actually have to think more about that. But go, probably the early <laughs> Beatles, the earlier half of the Beatles. The Long and Winding Road. Ah, what a beautiful song that is. Now, but yeah. who, could do that, who could do that justice? Well, but it, it might be the road that we're on right now. I was kind of oh, thinking. Yeah. yes. It could be thematic that way. Yes. You know, speaking of Long and Windy Road, one of the songs that I think would be appropriate for this conversation we're having is a song I recorded. It's called Lead Us Home to the Promised Land. And if we know anything about our history, it was indeed a long and windy road that led to that promised land. And it still is. It still is a long and windy road. I'm kind of guessing you want to share that with our listeners today, right? Yeah, let's do that. And then, and then why don't we share the song and then we'll talk about uh, what inspired me to write that song. Okay, we'll go right into it. Folks, today we have Spook Candy here with us for Song of the Soul. Here is his song, Lead Us Home to the Promised Land. Moses was guided by a pillar of light He brought two stones to the Israelites He told them God wasn't happy with the sin and he saw But he said, 
If we follow these ten good laws, they will lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home. Lead us home to the promised land. Wasn't happy with the sin, and he saw. But he said, "If we follow these ten good laws, they will lead us home to the promised land." Three kings chasing down a star so bright came upon a baby in a manger one night. He said, "Keep those commandments you've been singing up, but do everything that you do with love, and it will lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home to the promised land." Singing of, but do everything that you do with love, and it will lead us home to the promised land. Says we don't have to look that far. It says heaven's not found on the map or a chart, but if we follow the light that shines in our hearts, it will lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home. Lead us home to the promised land. Heaven's not found on a map or a chart, but if we follow the light that shines in our hearts, it will lead us home to the promised land. Folks, if you're lucky enough to have Spookandy's album, Songs of Pete. I'll get the full name. Pete, Woody, and Me, Volume 1, Keep the Flame Alive. Yeah, so if you're lucky enough to have a copy of Keep the Flame Alive, the full album, you'll have that song, Lead Us Home to the Promised Land. It's from back in 2016. That song I found captivating in part because I think within the song, besides being just a wonderful song, 
it recapitulates some of the spiritual religious growth and insights of the human species over the years. You know, there's the law and then there's love and then there's something larger than that. Where did you get the ideas for that kind of evolution that you have built into the song? I got those ideas in Hellier Woods one day when I was going for a run. <laughs> but of course, you know, that, that's kind of a sassy answer. You know, I've had a dog and I've had two cats, three cats actually. And anybody who is an animal, I was going to say animal lover, but let's extend that or spe specify that to animal owner. Anybody who has a relationship with an animal recognizes that animals are souls too. We're all human beings, whether we consider ourselves animals or not, but we'll say human beings and, and all other animals have this relationship with spirituality. But we also have different cognitive abilities. And we would hope that the human intellect is evolving over time. That doesn't necessarily mean our relationship with spirituality is evolving over time, but our understanding of it could be evolving over time. So, you know, we may tell a story several thousand years ago that Moses went up to the top of a mountain and God spoke to him. You know, some dude with long white hair came down and said, here are the laws, do this. But it could maybe be, from what we understand today about spirituality, it could be that Moses went into deep and prolonged contemplation and found within him a roadmap to what we could do as a group of people to survive and thrive and live a more spiritually harmonious lifestyle. You know, uh, there is this joke that, that you told me earlier before the interview <laughs> about the 10 suggestions. And, you know, we could actually look at them in, in that sense. And so the, the song that we just listened to starts off with Moses laying down the law, we may say, you know, and that was a step forward. And then Jesus coming and, and saying, well, what if we have one law that supersedes all of that, and that is love? And then today we have the understanding that we can look within ourselves. It doesn't mean, now for you know, my belief, that doesn't mean that we don't look to history. We don't look to what those who have gone before us have discovered. I would suggest that we steer clear of getting overly bogged down in like, oh, I don't believe that some voice came down from heaven and told Moses the exact words to write on this rock. I don't think you have to believe that to get some value out of the sacred scriptures from whatever path you're looking at. But we also, even more importantly, have an organic, living, thriving connection within ourselves to the source of truth, the source of spirituality, the source of light, the source of love. And so the third verse says, people rushing around trying to find that star. You know, the first verse talks about the pillar of Moses and the second verse about the star of Bethlehem, whatever it was called. But a small, still voice says we don't have to look that far. Heaven's not found on a map or a chart, but if we follow the light that shines in our heart, that will lead us home to the promised land. Actually, when I heard that verse, it felt very comfortable to my Quaker outlook on the world. Now, I understand both you and I grew up with Catholicism, or at least part of the time. Oh, yeah. Some, those are not words that I would have related to my Catholic experience, although my Catholic experience was basically good. It was positive for me. Mm -hmm. And there was a time for me to go to something else. Is that third verse where you find yourself spiritually? I would say it's a clue. When we get into the realm of spirituality, it's, it's hard to put down firm yeses and nos. You know, this is what art does too. Art has a way of reflecting truth and reflecting spirituality in a way that's not so black and white. And so, you know, is that third verse, it's definitely reflective. Of, it's a part of the story of where I am in my current spiritual journey. You know, learning that the answers are here. 
you know, we can connect that to the concept of be here now, which is actually another song I wrote, but don't have a good recording of to share with anybody today. The answer to here, and we can look into our hearts and, and find some clues to the answers. By the way, folks, uh, one of the ways that I got familiar with Spook Candy, who I hadn't heard of before, was because he was doing an online concert just a few days ago. And so I listened through some of the songs there, got to know a little bit more about him, and became clear that I wanted to have him here for Song of the Soul. His website, by the way, is spookhandy.com, and that's spelled just the way that you think you'd spell it. Have you always been handy and a spook? Always, always. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to grow up to be a spy? I mean, that's what spook normally means to me. You know, in a certain sense, I did, you know, and that might be part. You know, I, I have to tell you, one of the most fascinating things that I got from the Beatles is that if you played the Beatles records backwards, you know, you would hear secret messages and stuff like that. All is dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Paul is dead and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, the truth, the truth, the, the, the <laughs> hidden truth is somewhere in music. You know, and I grew up really re- impacted by that concept. And from my very earliest times of songwriting, I've, I've always gotten pleasure when I was able to find a way to say something very obscure, but that could potentially be interpreted as deep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some kind of hidden message in the song, if if there's a way to do that. It's a fun thing to do as a songwriter. I personally love paradox. One of my favorites is the statement, you are a unique and irreplaceable individual, just like everyone else on the planet. Yes. Paradox, it's it's true. That statement from my point of view is completely true. Both parts, which some people feel in tension, but they're not. It requires an evolution of thought and insight to be able to hold both of those in the same container. I believe that's true. I, I personally believe that truth cannot be boiled down to uh, ones and zeros and can never be stated in black and white. And so, you know, there's this paradox, too. Of don't trust somebody to be a speaker of truth if they're not contradicting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that, and it's interesting that you say that because when you were going to college, I mean, here, you're going to be a math and business major, right? And yeah. by the way, I was a math major. I was a computer science, wow. physics major, a math major, and a speech communications major all at the same time. And a math major, I've always felt like math, and physics were fun games, and they have real applications, and it's fun to be able to see them tangibly. But that is not where meaning is. That's how I would say mm. it. What led you to reject math and business in search of the poverty life of a folk singer? Well, I didn't reject math and business. I embraced the poverty life of a folk singer <laughs> without <laughs> having to re- reject that. You know, math came to me very easily, and that was how I got through college because I started off as a physics major and had a little bit of a challenge with that and went to math and slept through all my math classes and got A's in all but one class. It just came easily. And my father had groomed me to be an actuary, which is the guy who goes to the insurance company and figures out how long everybody has to live and therefore how much to charge them for insurance. After my fourth year of college, I did an internship at Mutual Benefit Life Insurance Company. And after my fifth year, I was offered a full-time job to work there. And on the day that I was supposed to go in for orientation, I was standing in the bathroom of the apartment I was staying in that summer, looking into the mirror, and I saw two images of myself. I was trying to tie my tie, and I couldn't do it. 
I couldn't time my tie. Yeah. Yeah. Life and, skills. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't time my tie, not because I didn't know how to, but because I was confused by these. I shouldn't say confused. I, I needed to focus on one of the two images that was in the mirror. Now, the one image was me wearing my suit with the tie and being 34 years old with a full head of gray hair or half a head of gray hair, having been married twice, owning three houses four cars and on my fifth heart attack with the six-figure income. The other image I saw of myself was the same fun, loving young adult that I saw in the Beatles when they played on the Ed Sullivan show in 1964. That's what I saw. And instead of wearing a tie, I was wearing a tie-dye t-shirt and my hair was long and I had a beard. And I said, oh, I like that look. And I chose in that moment that I was going to bypass that one path that I could have walked down and had the security and had the, the financial wealth and all that stuff and go for the creative, free-spirited path. And I never looked back. I decided I'd buy a guitar and learn how to play it and did that and here I am. I believe you've got six CDs you've released over the years, which isn't a lot considering how many years you've been playing. You could have done more, but I have a feeling that just like I think maybe your role model, Pete Seeker, you believe that making music with people is more important than recording yourself? Am I making you sound too noble? <laughs> well, you know, I, will, I don't know how to answer that. I spend so much time on the road, I turn around and then it's a year, year later or two years later or three years later and say, hey, I haven't even thought about recording an album. I've been too busy. So I think that's why I only have to say, I have like eight CDs worth of songs in the hopper for the next couple of albums, but it's just a matter of getting out there and recording well, I'd like to hear some more of your music. What can we share next? Well, let's do do it in the name of love. Okay. I, that doing things in the name of love sounds like a good idea to me always. Where's this one come from? This is on Songs of Pete, Woody, and Me, Volume 2, dedicated to the proposition. This CD came out in 2019. And where did the theme for the song, where, why? Where, I guess you're probably thinking that some of the world isn't motivated by love. Maybe it's the actuarial world is not motivated by love. It's motivated by numbers, right? Well, the first half of your question, where did this come from? It was on the southern portion of I-81 in Virginia, heading up from Tennessee, when the song popped into my head. I was on my way to a friend's house in northern Virginia. By the time I got there, the song was done. And it's the idea that, you know, Pete Seeger once asked me, he said, Spook, do you think there's a reason why God endowed you with two ears and only one mouth? <laughs> and I think that he asked me that question because he was trying to say that it's important to listen twice as much as we spout out our ideas. So when we talk about community, when we talk about harmony, we talk about working as a team, we talk about moving the ball forward, listening becomes one of the most important first steps to that process. So just dwelling and contemplating on that concept and other things that I heard from Pete Seeger, that song came to me. And that's where the song Do It in the Name of Love by Spook Candy came from. Here's Spook with Do It in the Name of Love. Listens twice before she spouts things out Uses her brain to figure out How to do it in the name of love 
do it in the name of love You can hear the world around her sing Do it in the name of love Between those ears, she's got two eyes She sees the world from different sides And uses her heart when it's time to decide How to do it in the name of love Do it in the name of love You can hear the world around her sing Do it in the name of love It's a fact When she points one finger Three point right back Whatever she puts into the world That goes back And so she'll do it in the name of love Do it in the name of love You can hear the world around her sing Do it in the name of love To put the ego aside and work to bring forth what the whole group decides If it's decided in the name of love Do it in the name of love You can hear the world around her sing Do it in the name of love Do it in the name of love in the name of love is from spook candy cd dedicated to the proposition he's here today with us for song of the soul as you heard as he was introducing that song that some of the inspiration for it certainly comes from kind of questions that pete seeger posed to spook i read on your website spook that you had performed with pete at least 50 times were you his backup musician or maybe he was your warm-up musician Ah, you know, that might sound like a joke to a lot of people, but if you knew Pete, the very first time that I actually met him in 2003, he had invited me to perform at a festival. He actually did open up for me. And this is because this is the kind of, you know, talk about do it in the name of love. Pete Seeger had this tremendous love for humanity, and he had this tremendous love for the idea of carrying on the tradition and handing it over to the next generation. And so we were at this small festival. It was called the Pumpkin Festival in Beacon, New York. And there were three, four hundred, five hundred people there. Over the next 10 years, the festival grew up to about 5,000 people. But Pete went up on the stage and started playing. Everybody stopped what they were doing. They all sat down, stopped buying food from the vendors, and stopped talking to their friends. And they gave 100% of their attention to Pete Seeger. 
And then he called me up on stage and said, I'd like to introduce you to Spook. He's going to sing a song called Vote, which I sang with him, and he sang harmonies. And then he walked off the stage, and there I was <laughs> with, with, with everybody you know, looking at me, just wondering what I was going to do to follow up on Pete Seeger. So that was my first time playing with him. And afterwards, I learned, and it does go back to listening. I started off at the end of these little festivals that I got invited to. We would have a big finale, and I would stand in the back and sing. And after a while, I learned the songs well enough that I started singing harmonies. And one day, in the middle of the song, as Pete had done for so many hundreds of other musicians, he picked up the mic stand with the mic on it and very slowly walked across the stage and put it down in front of me. <laughs> so I started singing with him and next thing you know, I'm playing guitar with him and I'm singing harmonies and we did shows as duos and sometimes as trios with David Amram. You know, I learned a lot of his songs, a lot of his stories and a lot of the techniques he used to involve the audiences. And folks, we are speaking with Spook Handy. His website is spookhandy.com and you'll find the link to him on nordenspiritradio.org along with links to all of my guests of the last 14 and a half years. You'll also find a place to comment on these programs. Please do comment on nordenspiritradio.org when you visit. There's a donate button. That's how my full-time work is supported. Please help us if you can. And remember to support your local community radio stations. Our programs are carried on something over 40 stations across the United States. We need local voice. We need stations and media who reach out beyond the mainstream. That's why community radio stations are so very important. Start by supporting them. Don't forget to support people like Spook Handy and all the other musicians who, during the coronavirus, are kept at home. They're not out doing performances as they normally would at a very busy time of year. They'd be out on the road. So please, remember to buy a Patreon or whatever else they have set up. Remember to support them. Again, Spook Handy's here. We've had two of his songs, and I'd like a third song now if we could, Spook. Sure. And we're just talking about Pete. I'd like to talk a little bit about his spiritual side. So let's do Old Devil Time. So you, I assume, know where this song came from, don't you? You know, I probably know the story half well. If you know better than me, you tell it. <laughs> well, I just did some checking on it before I got on with you. And I found out something I had never known. I've been singing this song. I'm part of a monthly song circle ever since I was in Milwaukee. I was in Milwaukee from 1980. Go to monthly song circle there, and we'd sing this song. I said, well, I wonder where it started. And it turns out that he wrote it as part of a film in 1969. The movie was Tell Me You Love Me, Junie Moon. And included some uh, very notable personages, including Liza Minnelli, who was in it, and so on. But while the credits are rolling, you see Pete walking through the woods singing this song. The Redwood Forest. Yeah. And I understand that you added a verse to the song. I did. The fourth verse, the one about rage. Do you know something about rage? Ha <laughs> 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 Oh, boy, do I know. Uh, you know, from my own personal experience, absolutely, yeah. I, you know, what I would say is that one of the challenges we have today, you know, we have this coronavirus running around in the air, but in the, in the cosmic waves, we have this, what I believe, my personal take on is this false belief that anger and rage are virtues. And I think that that belief is destroying our society, completely destroying it. Anger is not a virtue. 
And like I said, I'm speaking from my own personal viewpoint. So you may disagree with me. It might get you mad. But I'm saying this. It pisses but, me off when yeah. you say that's spook. <laughs> Come on. What do you well, think? You, you know, listen, I, I had a stomach virus about three years ago. And as a result of the stomach virus, I changed my diet. But I, my digestion has never been the same again. It was permanently damaged. And anger can motivate us to change things. But it can also cause permanent damage. It, you know, it really boils down to, you know, when I, we just listen to do it in the name of love. If we act out of love, we can solve these problems that we have. We don't have to tear down a house in order to rebuild its foundation. We can patch up the foundation with love. We can do that. If we're under the belief that if you're not angry, you don't care, then we're being misled and then down to a path to destruction. That, as I said, is my own personal viewpoint, and I'm not going to impose on anybody else. But I did write a verse to Pete's song, Old Devil Time. I spook candy. Old Devil Time, I'm going to fool you now. Old Devil Time, you'd like to bring me down. When I'm feeling low. My lovers gather round And help me rise To fight you one more time Old devil fear You with your icy hands Old devil fear You'd like to freeze me cold when I'm so afraid My lovers gather round And help me rise To fight you one more time Old devil hate I knew you long ago Then I found out The poison in your breath Now when I hear your lies My lovers gather round And help me rise To fight you one more time Old devil rage You once had your hooks in me I bought your lie Who's not angry Doesn't care But then I felt your rot Seep deep into my heart And now I rise To fight you One more time No storm or fire can ever beat us down No wind that blows But carries us further on And you who fear Oh, lovers gather round And we can rise And sing it one more time
Spook Candy sharing his version of Pete Seeger's song, Old Devil Time, with verse 4, added by Spook. Spook's website is spookcandy.com. Follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org and see what you can do about making love be at the center of your life. In the same way that Pete traveled around getting people to sing together, which is so important, not just idolizing the person up on stage, but to looking in each other's eyes and finding the song of life together. That's so important. It's surely what Pete did with his life. And Spook is carrying on that legacy, having performed a number of times with Pete. I am curious, you you said, Spook, that, you know, you changed your diet. I had uh, some bouts with irritable bowel syndrome, specifically when the period came there, things were very tense between the woman who's now my ex-wife. There was a year around that separation and divorce when I had irritable bowel syndrome. On the surface, you would not have said I was upset. I seemed normal, but inside it was percolating in me. Mm. (laughs) And, And I'm wondering about the rage thing or the dietary thing. We think of food frequently as causing our intestinal stuff. And I did some stuff with food to try and help control it. But I also found out that I just had to change things in my heart. You know, I couldn't agree with you more about that. One of the things, I remember being in high school, I was in 12th grade, and my friend who was in 11th grade was so much smarter than I ever was. And he knew about that there's bad additives in food. <laughs> you know, Smucker's jelly is filled with all these kinds of chemicals. Or, you know, this, he would say something like that. And I was just, it was, I never heard anything like that before in my life. Well, today, we are very aware that the physical things we do and the physical things that we put in our physical body affects our physical health. We can extrapolate from that that the emotions and the thoughts that we allow into our emotional bodies and our mental bodies, the thoughts that we entertain, have a profound effect on our mental health and our emotional health. And there's a responsibility in that, too. I eat crackers. I eat cookies, but if I eat too many of them, they cause a problem. Sometimes if I don't have enough of them, it causes a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had that problem. <laughs> you know, so, so there's moderation and there's a balance point. And it's the same thing with these mental concepts too. You know, It's really important to put on the radio, or if you're someone who happens to have television, put on the television and find out what's going on with this coronavirus. But there's only so much attention that we should put on it for our own mental health. And that's why, thank you for mentioning that I've been doing the Facebook live concerts, and I invite anybody to follow me on Facebook, and that would simply be, you know, facebook.com slash spookhandy, and I'll be doing a series of live Facebook concerts, and all of them, in one way or another, have a goal to provide healing and community to people in this time that we are so strongly urged to practice social distancing in the physical world, we have this opportunity to find stronger social community in the cyber world. So let's do that and and find a way to keep the flame alive. Well, speaking of keeping the flame alive, I'm pretty sure you have more music to share with us. Why don't we play this song that I recorded on my fifth album, 
Songs of Pete, Woody, and Me, Volume 1, Keep the Flame Alive, which is the title track, Keep the Flame Alive. Pete wrote this song. I totally rearranged it for this recording. And then I'll talk about what this means to me and why it is so important. This is Keep the Flame Alive, Spook Candy. When the bully winds of winter are blowing all around, some will stand and shiver, some will flee the town. It's wise to get prepared now if we are to survive. Chop the wood, build a fire, and keep the flame alive. Keep the flame alive. Keep the flame alive Together we will tend the fire And keep the flame alive With a sledge, hammer, and a wedge A splitting axe and maul We'll have all the logs we need Cut and stacked by fall but careful, choose the wood to use Before you swing a stroke The elm you skip, it's a double to split Use maple, ash and oak Keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Together we will tend the fire And keep the flame alive are still the glow But if we tend the embers the fire will revive Keep the coals tossing sticks and keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Together we will tend the fire Keep the flame alive, keep the flame alive, keep the flame alive. Together we will tend the fire and keep the flame alive, keep the flame The song, Keep the Flame Alive, words and music are written by Pete Seeger and Laurie Wyatt. 
performed here by Spook Handy for Song of the Soul, and it's on his fifth recording. If you go to spookhandy.com, you can find out about all six of his recordings and get a hold of them, which I highly recommend. But Keep the Flame Alive, that made so much sense to me that Pete would perform that. It seemed like every story I've ever heard about or related to Pete had him ducking out from the conversation to go out and split some wood. He just seemed to have that as such a fundamental in his life. Split some wood or pick up some garbage. Well, that too. Yes. You know, when I set out to record this first Pete Wood and Me album, I put together a collection of songs, and it was after I put together the collection that I discovered this song that Pete wrote late in his life with Laurie Wyatt on their very last musical album, Pete's very last musical album. And I thought it was such a beautiful song. And for the first year or two, maybe the first year, I really focused on this idea, keep the flame alive, as we just heard, is uh, told in a metaphor of keeping a fire alive. But I also saw how that extended to the tradition of using music as a tool to build and nurture our communities. That's something that Pete had dedicated his life to, doing that. And so I put out a T-shirt, and look, I'd love you guys, if you want to support, go to my website and buy, buy some CDs, you know, in the time of coronavirus, or some T-shirts. But the reason I'm telling you the story is because it's the evolution of my understanding of this concept. I put together a T-shirt where there was a banjo and a guitar, and in the two was a fire from a fireplace. Keep the flame alive, obviously. But you know, very shortly after I put out that album in 2016, we had a change in the political climate of this country. And it goes back to that rage and that anger thing. I think that for every reason we chose the path of anger. And now the flame that we have to keep alive is the, is the flame of liberty. And my, I redesigned the t-shirt. There's a guitar and a banjo. And in the middle is Lady Liberty from the Statue of Liberty holding up that torch. And we have to keep that flame alive too, the torch of liberty, the freedom that we find not just enshrined in, in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, but that freedom that is really in our own hearts. That's the flame that we really need to keep alive. Mm-hmm. I look at Pete Seeger as we talked about him, you know, so much more than just an activist. He was a lover of the American ideal, but it goes even further than that. Pete was very deeply spiritual. He just didn't talk about it a lot. And I hope that the songs that I sing of his, especially on this second album, dedicated to the proposition, I hope that they they bring out some of the very profound, deeply spiritual pieces of wisdom that Pete put in his songs. Well, please do share some more of your evolving understanding of that wisdom for Song of the Soul. What's next? A good song to wrap this all up with is is that standing on Pete's shoulders, as so many hundreds, thousands of us are doing, and looking back at our roots, we have this wonderful song, If I Had a Hammer. And it sings about the hammer of justice, the bell of freedom, and the song that we sing. And I was contemplating on that and thinking that in these, these times, that song that we sing, that song about love between all of our brothers and all of our sisters regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of what spiritual path they follow or don't follow, or the shape of their eyes, or who they love, or even how they identify, what language they speak, regardless of all that, that the most important thing we have to share and to promote and to reflect 
is that song of love. And so I put together this song. It's called Always Have a Song to Sing. I know, Spook, that music is so important to me. I, as a matter of fact, I just a couple nights ago, I watched for the probably sixth time in my life the movie Harold and Maude. Uh. <laughs> if you want to sing out, sing out, sing hello. That, that, that song in there by Cat Stevens, mm-hmm. uh, Yusuf Islam now. Music like that, even in the most heartbreaking times, feels to me like a way to keep myself afloat where I could easily be pulled under by negative thoughts, fears, angers, the rage that you mentioned. So having a song to sing for me is an invaluable tool to keeping my feet on the path towards a better world. And I'm grateful that you are bringing that kind of music into our lives, that you're doing it via your online concerts. And folks, I just want to remind you, it's so important right now with our musicians who are in some ways are really the lifeblood of our hearts to keep supporting them, whether it's by Patreon, via Spook Handy's online concerts. Go to the websites and buy some extra music and some T-shirts and whatever it is. Keep returning the love to them and keeping our society alive through the song. So thank you so much for doing that kind of work, Spook, and for joining us here today for Song of the Soul. Well, you know what, Mark? It goes both ways because we musicians look to the folks who are actually helping us get the music out. Like, where would we be without you guys? So many people are going to turn to to this show here for comfort and relief and community. And hey, everybody, you know, we're all in this together. So thanks for joining in Northern Spirits Radio. It's a wonderful show, and I'm so honored to be on it. We're going to end with one more song by Spook Handy, but I would mention a couple things. Number one, thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. And number two, there is one more song from Spook Handy that you can listen to in my interview with him if you tune to NordenSpiritRadio.org, go to the bonus excerpts. So there is an encore that you can meet us for on the website. Again, thank you so much, Spook, for being here today. Here's his song, Always Have a Song to Sing. See you next week for Song of the Soul. If you could break the hammer of justice, defy democracy, gag the press, make arrests, I would still be free Cause the bell of freedom in my heart Will always have a place to ring And will always, always, always have a song to sing Always, always, always have a song to sing Always, always, always have a song to sing bell of freedom in my heart will always have a place to ring and will always 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 have a song to sing now some may fight among us ask who here is to blame some will cry and wonder why but let's not play that game There's a voice inside of each of us Can you hear it call our names? Saying we'll always, always, always have a song to sing 
Always, always, always have a song to sing. Always, always, always have a song to sing. You know the bell of freedom in my heart will always have a place to ring. And we'll always, always, always have a song to sing. There is no time to hide So let's stoke our inner fires And keep the flame alive If we raise our voices up as one We will not be denied We will always, always, always have a song to sing Always, always, always have a song to sing Always, always, always have a song to sing The bell of freedom in my heart Will always have a place to ring And will always, always, always have a song to sing Always, always, always have a song to sing Always, always, always have a song to sing The bell of freedom in my heart Will always have a place to ring And will always, always, always have a song to sing Yes, we'll always, always, always have a song to sing Don't forget to visit the website, northernspiritradio.org, to hear one more song by Spook Candy, an encore to his performance. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.